This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast uh, once again today on these Fridays. Jeff Ash uh, joins us, uh, sometimes on the phone, sometimes in person, sometimes in some state that uh, we would like to visit ourselves at some point. But back in the glorious state of Minnesota uh, for today, but still on the phone because he's kind of busy after being out of town all week. Uh, lefty, so how'd the tournament go down there in uh, Tennessee? The tournament went well for us. Uh, we were, and we talked down in Tennessee. Yep. So yep, yep. I'm trying to think. Had we played? No, Friday. Hadn't talked, played a game we yet. Were, no, we had not played yet. Yep. yep, that's right. So, and I told you that we were playing the number one seed. Yep. So, uh, actually, it's a great story. We battled those guys. We gave up three runs in the first inning, um, and you could tell from their just even their uh, ins and outs as far as their infield. Uh, it looked on paper like we might be a little bit overmatched. I mean, they had more coaches around and they were hitting you know like every position they just kept pounding ground balls at them you know and they had this whole system down it was fun to watch but mm-hmm. i'm like okay so we have one coach trying to hit infield here and the other guys are you know doing this or that but it you know def- definitely not the same budget maybe or <laughs> right uh, i don't i don't know but you know looking at their guys i was like oh boy i <clears throat> to me it just seemed like it would have been hard not to be a little bit intimidated and that's just being 100 percent honest yeah i was like oh boy and they came out and you know, ripped a couple balls off the walls, the top of the fence, whatever. Okay, so they score three runs. Well, we end up answering, um, and the moral of the story is is we ended up leaving like 15 guys on base, and we had bases loaded two or three times, um, lined out two or three times with bases loaded, left all these guys on base. We did manage to be down three to five in the – top of the ninth bases loaded again and our leadoff hitter just a little dominican dude who's just awesome and he's just fun but he just ripped one the shortstop full extension catches it we would have scored two runs there to tie it up we would have had guys in scoring position with our probably to me our best most clutch hitter coming up so bottom line is we scared the living crap out of those guys because mm. I'm sure they were not thinking about us being a problem. So we ended up losing three to five to them, and they walked through the rest of the tournament mm. and won it all. Wow. And, I mean, they had guys with 100 RBIs and 20-some home runs. Wow. And I'm like, what are you guys doing playing Division three junior college? You know, you don't know everybody's story, but uh, so it, that part was really interesting to see. And, I mean, they had a couple guys that, when the ball left the hand of the pitcher, you were holding your breath, just hoping it was going to stay in the park. So <laughs> it was fun to see them, but I was pretty dang proud of our guys, the way we battled against a team like that. Um, and, and again, so it was double elimination. So we lost, and then we came back and won our next game, which gave us another game um, that we ended up not really having a whole lot of fire for. We ended up losing out. but So we finished sixth out of eight, I guess, I guess you'd say, because we you know got, got one win. But we... I guess our claim to fame would be is we did lose to the national champs and we we uh, had them on the ropes big time and that that's pretty cool for our guys. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, at least you didn't go zero and two in barbecue. You know, picked up a no. win there in Tennessee, so that's always nice. Yes, it was, and the the park that we played at it was called Pioneer Park, and it's in Greenville, Tennessee, and it was gorgeous. I mean, it was so nice. It was big and expansive. It had just a huge backdrop, um, a huge grandstand. 
but very comfortable. Like if you wanted to stand up top, it was comfortable. They had like bar where you could like lean on if you wanted. They had some high top chairs. If you wanted to be in the sun, you could. It rained. It kind of misted our second game. And for that, you know, we could be out of it and stay dry if we wanted to. But it was just, it was a beautiful field, beautiful playing surface. I mean, the mountains were just behind the trees in the outfield. You could just see the tops of them. So it was it was really cool. Pretty impressive place for a Division two college. So that, that was pretty neat to see, too. Yeah. So is it on to summer ball now for Brooks? It is. They uh, He plays for the Rockets, and yeah. they have a game tonight. I think the word that I heard is that he's pitching on Sunday okay. um, against Granite Falls, my old my old uh, stomping grounds over there, and he has right. have the same two cousins that I've talked about playing for Ridgewater while they play for Granite. So there will be a lot on the line, let's just say, for that game. You know, when you get the town team and it's jaw – I mean, they jaw jack a lot there too, but there's a little bit of structure. You get the town team and it's like, <laughs> it's every man for himself. So I'm sure it will be a little bit intense and he won't want his cousins to get one up on him. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that on a Sunday afternoon. Nothing better than watching baseball. Yeah. That, that time too is what was so cool for me as a dad, but just being a baseball guy that – you and I talk about it all the time, almost yep. every week this time of the year. But yep. to just sit there and watch baseball at that level and see the players and just kind of you know wondering what their stories are, and you kind of wish you could just get the the one on one on every team and every guy and just you know the different you know why are they here, where are they going? I mean, we had, we played against these guys I was talking about. They had guys going to Louisville, and you know, so I mean, just whole different whole different animal than what we were kind of are but yeah it was it was fun to see our guys and and then you see all the the part that i think is cool like the guys that were second year players you know kind of their goodbyes and how close they were you know ride or die and all the all those things but then all the all the dumb comments these guys make to each other you know all the inside jokes they have you know what that's like yeah when you're on a team it's right. just like you only know in the dugout what you're the only guys that know that stuff and that's yeah. what's cool yeah yeah, the dugout's yeah. a great place, that's for sure. And, and I was it's a pitcher, true. too, so I got to really enjoy the dugout on off days when I wasn't pitching, uh, you know, because I kind of like to do some bench jockeying and stuff myself, too, oh, so it was a lot sure. of fun. I didn't always enjoy being the bullpen catcher because I had to do that sometimes, too. So. Oh, I know Brooks had to do some of that down yeah. there, too. Our our bullpen catcher decided to hang it up a couple weeks before the season was done, so all of a sudden the kind of backup catcher, he was like, this sucks. <laughs> right. Now I got to be the bullpen catcher. The other guy had major energy and he was totally in shape. And, you know, he would sprint down there. He always had his gear on. And I think I even said that on the podcast. I respected those guys because that's a crappy job to it have is. to do. You know, it I is. Mean, all you get to do. And then these pitchers, you know, like Brooks said too, he goes, geez, I go down there. And he, his best buddy was throwing to him. But he was he was like, can you get it to me? You know, like yeah. you bounce it in the dirt, you throw it over my head. He's like, I'm not signed up for this. Like, this is not my job. I'm trying to help out here. <laughs> right. Throw it to the mitt. Yeah, so try not to kill me while I'm back here no. volunteering this stuff. Although Mike Dahman's son has made a whale of a living as a as a bullpen yeah. catcher for the Twins. I, I, I forget his first name now, Lefty. Do you remember? Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, remember, I won a state championship with that guy. Well, there you go. So is, is yep. he still doing that job? Well, no, no. You've got to look, look in the dugout. He's in the dugout now. Oh, yeah, it's so. good. He's a coach. Yeah, great. So, that's that's terrific. Yeah, I believe, and I'm not trying to misspeak here, but I'm very close. Uh, his dad was in my wedding, so uh, um, yes. I and he was my football coach. I played town team with him for years, and good friends um, with Nate too, and and his brothers. Uh, Tyler actually played for Granite, um, and still probably comes a little bit, but he's out of town or moved out of town. Anyway, 
Um, but Nate, yeah, he's. I think he's in, kind of in charge of the whole pregame stuff. Okay. So all, all right. of the BP and everything that goes on there, I think he's kind of in charge of that. I could be misspeaking. Last year, so he transitioned from bullpen catcher, which he did forever. Um, and talk about the games that I was at too. It's like those guys are never not throwing. I, I know. I said, to him, I said, "Does your arm ever get sore?" And he said, "Oh, they call me Artie." Uh, they said, "Artie, they got some good drugs for that." <laughs> so, so, but. That I'm sure his body took a beating for that, yeah, but yeah. yeah, then he he transitioned to doing the the re, you know when re, when we started replay a couple of years ago, yeah. he was the guy doing like if they should do replay or not. He was that guy for the Twins. Okay, cool. And then he he started doing some uh, whether it was in spring or down in the you know the, the Mexican league or whatever that they have you know in the winter or whatever. Yeah. He was doing some coaching there, and then it's transitioned to him getting a getting a job. He was very close with Gardy back in the day. So okay. He's worked himself into the dugout, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a little plug for him and a good old McCray boy back in the day, but also one of my town teamers. I always try to say my claim to fame is he was the little wet-eared kid from Maynard that had to come to my place because I had to give him a ride to every town team game, and he would eat my food and drink my beer. So I think he still owes me. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. Now, now he's a big deal. You know, he it, thinks he's a big deal. Yeah, so. does he? We does try it, to keep him grounded. He still remembers the little people. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, no. but yeah, no. That's kind of interesting how you brought that in because that's yeah. exactly what he was. And, yeah. Um, it does. If you do that at all, I was, I was a lefty, and of course, in my head, I always thought, geez, it'd be fun because I loved framing balls over at first and stuff too. You know, I think there's an art to catching the ball after watching some first baseman this year. I know there is. Yeah. Um, and I've seen videos. I mean, there's some guys that you're like, come on, man, I could help you with that. But yeah. Um, I used to think that's the fun part of catching was, you know, back there and just smacking the mitt and framing it and just popping it and stuff too. But the lower half of my body does, is not conducive to squatting down. So It's uh, hard enough to do that when lining up a putt. <laughs> I know. And that's a lot shorter I time. Too, sometimes I'm like, geez, I'm getting to the point I need a suction cup on the end of my putter like, like uh, my father-in-law. <laughs> that's right. That's right. My stepdad has one of those. I thought about borrowing it here last Dad, week. We're going to be down on one knee here. Oh, boy. Soon, you know? But yeah. then we're going to need somebody to help us get up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about laying down behind my ball, but, yeah, I'd have to get up then, and I don't want to have to do that. So Now uh, i got to yeah. get these thoughts out of my mind. As we talked about, we got a big, big deal coming out at Eagle today, so yeah. i got to act like I've been there before. And I gotta relive some of my youth here, combined with this intelligent, experienced mind of mine. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you gotta. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That. That. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, yeah. I hope you play well today. I do too. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a couple of the guys from out at Eagle threw together a group of guys. Um, uh, some guys that like to gamble, but also some really good players. Somehow, I'm in it. Um, Shocker. I think I'm. I know, but I think I'm towards the bottom. It might be more of the the gambling side, but I would like to, I would like to find that uh, golden ticket today. That today is the day that I play good, uh, try to get some pars. I am teamed up with Danny Anderson, who's you know quite a good stick. So that was a good draw for me. He might be rethinking like, can we reshuffle the cards here? But him and I got really good karma together. He he used to actually work at the bank for a while, so we got really close. And, he made a few road trips with me down to watch Carter play back in the Mankato State Mavericks days. So uh, you know as well as I do, there's a lot to be said about having good karma with your partner that you're yep. playing with. Yep. And there's some guys that have never played together, you know, that are, and that doesn't mean they can't do well, but I've always said that and this isn't a scramble, it's playing your own ball. So that's part of it, but it is good to have 
a guy like Danny, there's there's one thing I will say about Danny that I have learned. The way that he looks at like the game of golf is different than the way I look at it. And I don't mean be simply because, well, of course he does, Jeff. He hits it further. He's a better golfer. Mm. But I've been in – I've played a lot of rounds with Danny and been on the cart with him and stuff too. And it's kind of the way that they envision shots. And I'm, and I'm not, again, talking so much about skill because – and I think you'll know what I'm saying here, but about the mental side of it. Yeah. Story, I'm on 18 in the trees, um, and I'm like, okay, I kind of have an opening, but not really. And he goes, you can't think about the trees. He goes, you pick out your line and hit your shot. He goes, don't think about the trees. But once you know it, you know, I did what he says and hit a great shot through the trees, but I'll never forget that one thing. And even last night, him and I were kind of texting, you know, like, hey, what's our game plan tomorrow? Because, of course, we got to come up with some money to bid on ourselves and all this. But also, you know, he sent me this video, and it was just like how he views golf. And you could tell that it's like spiritual to him, but it's but it's how he looks at the game, you know. And I'm just like, I'm still learning, Todd. After all these years, I'm still learning from people like that. You know, yeah. you're like, how do, you, how do they look at the game? You know, what – and. <clears throat> So I appreciate that about him. And there's other guys that way too. And it's not some cliche thing. It's like, it's really how he looks at it. So, I mean, I think he envisions things that yes, he can do some things physically, but also he gets in the same spot. And we've talked about that before. The guys on TV, they get into those same crappy spots we do, but they're always figuring out a way to get out of it. And I think that's the part that is so hard to overcome because I think like for me too, I get caught up on why the heck am I in this spot? You know, instead of how am I going to get out of this spot? And that. Is something that I think he's really good at, uh, amongst other things. But so it'll be fun for me today to spend 18 holes, you know, with him too, and and with all these guys. It's a great group of guys. I wish I could, you know, you know, talk about it and you know break down every. It'd be a cool thing to break down with the with the group that's there, you know, and just kind of talk about this thing because it's fun. It's a cool thing that's going on. And uh, Greg Snow is a big promoter of it. He's playing in it. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of stuff going on for it. But it's just kind of our thing for tea times. You know, at about three three to four o'clock or two to three o'clock, whatever it is. And then we play 18 and try to win some money, try to get some birdies. It's kind of that Stableford, you know, to where bogeys are worth one, birdies are worth two, you know, three, four, as you go better, yeah. you know, double bogeys aren't worth anything. So the left-hander needs to stay away from the bad score and try to get some pars while Danny is dominating with birdies. Right, right. Hey, quick Danny <laughs> Anderson story for me. Uh, you know, he, he was along, along with Chad Pendle. Chad hosted us out at a, uh, at a high-end golf course down in Roanoke, Virginia, uh, last fall back when we played down there, and Danny, um, you know, went along, and, and uh, it, it's ranked in the top 10 most difficult golf courses in America, uh, Ballyhack. It has an average elevation change of 70 feet per hole, so it was really... talking about this, yeah. And he shot 73 at that course. Yeah. He made six birdies and shot 73, and he said, I don't think I've ever made six birdies and not broken par before, so that's that's how <laughs> yeah, difficult the course was. Right? Yeah, so a- ask yeah. him about Ballyhack and playing there. He'll tell yeah. you, yeah, quite a golf course. So that'll be fun. I, yeah. As you can tell, I'm excited to be playing with him. Uh, Carter's playing it as well, my son, and I, all those cronies out there at Eagle. But there's some guys coming from out of town, too, that are really good sticks. So I am flattered to be asked to play in this, and I hope at the end of the day it isn't the last time that I get asked because they're like, well, 
Jeff, that was a courtesy ask. The way you played, we can probably find another guy for your spot. But you know I'm going to battle, Todd. You know I'm going to battle. That's right. That's right. Hey, uh, you know, who else is battling right now for the Twins is Royce Lewis. Uh, He's come up and hit a couple of big home runs already. He's only played in four games. He's already got two home runs. He's got two late-inning clutch hits for the Twins. Uh, You know, I've been saying this on the morning show the last couple of days. To me, the best Twins lineup going forward, and and they're not going to do it right now, but at some point it will, is Lewis at short and Correa over at third base. Yeah, I totally agree with you that. He looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah. I hope he can stay healthy. Just what a guy to throw into our lineup. Uh, You know, we could use a little more hitting. Our pitching has been stellar. It still has been. Yeah. So I love seeing that, and especially when he's number one pick overall. You want to see something like that work out for the Twins because, you know, we always seem to have that kind of mantra, like you just can't quite get it figured out quite right. You know, the guys we pick, they're hurt. So, geez, if he could stay healthy and you throw a guy like that in there, plus he's got to, he's got to energize the team, I would think, some too, having that kind yes. of talent around and just his juice. Yep, yep. Like they talk about, you know, him and Buxton feeding off each other, and then yep. you got Correa kind of leading them around. And it's a pretty nice little lineup. Uh, he's, you know. I, he, he makes a big so difference. Versatile. He can play wherever. I totally agree with your analysis yeah, of maybe yeah. where he should play, but yeah. he's really versatile on what he can do. Yeah, I, I hope they don't start jacking him around, though. Uh, I've been pretty vocal uh, you know, that I didn't want Carlos Correa because I wanted Royce Lewis to be the shortstop. I mean, you yep. took him number yep. one overall, and then the argument always is, well, he's an athlete. He can play anywhere. But why? Why should he have to? He's played shortstop right. his whole life. He's a terrific shortstop. He has way more range than Correa has at short. Uh, now, is very good at shortstop, don't get me wrong. But he doesn't have the range he once did. I think Correa would be a, a real plus third baseman defensively. Right now, he is above average, but he's, like, I think in the 73rd percentile or something like that. So he's a good shortstop. But he, but he's not like he was. I'd like to see that change happen sooner rather than later and, and let Lewis kind of take over the team. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to keep putting Correa back at short. But now he's battling plantar fasciitis, maybe headed for the injured list sometime this weekend. Uh, so then okay, hopefully they'll yeah. give Lewis a chance to play shortstop if Correa's out. Yeah, that would be kind of fun to watch and see. Um, I'm looking forward to yeah. hopefully being able to watch him long term like he's around he doesn't get yeah, banged up right and right. you know back to your point i don't they didn't draft him to be a utility in no. either but i think it's easy to say now when you have correa sitting there so that's why i didn't want correa it kind of works out. <laughs> that's huh? right that's why i didn't want correa i wanted I lewis to be the shortstop and spend that but 200 million elsewhere problem now yeah it's, it is i'm glad we have this problem and right. we can have these conversations and i just i hope they get everything going and i hope they keep you know hope, hope they can get a little bit above that win loss column i mean yeah you know, yeah Kind of look, when you look at the other leaders and then you see us, you know, like, geez, we're 500 yet. Yeah, like, I know. Hopefully we can have a little run here. That's right. Hey, Lefty, good luck today, and uh, we'll talk to you the next week. That sounds great, Todd. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You bet. Jeff Ash joining us here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.